Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. Shield Kapadia joined by Ben Solak and ace producer Cliff Augustine. The Eagles start their season 2-0. They beat the Vikings 34-28 in a game with a bunch of twists and turns. I have no idea, Benny Souls, how you're feeling right now, how you feel about the victory, your concerns. We're going to get to all of it. I was just saying, like, it took me a while to organize some notes just for this post-game pod. I don't even know what I wrote down, but uh, it felt like there were four different games in one tonight. Doing out, baby. Just try to just stacking days, <laughs> just stacking wins. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do it again. I mean, I am I loving what I'm seeing? No? Is the record 2-0? Yes, right? And so uh, I think most teams after two weeks through the season, like I think pretty much every team in the NFL two weeks through the season is going to be like, we got some stuff we need to work on, right? Like even like the teams who dominated week one are going to have some issues in week two and you say, okay, we need we need to handle some stuff. Some of those teams are going to be 1-1. One one. Some of those teams are going to be 0-2, oh which historically if you're 0-2, oh your season's functionally over. Some of those teams are 2-0. and The Eagles are 2-0. and 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 they did it against... Uh, a, a playoff team from last year in the Vikings, and they did it against a team that we expect to be decent in the Patriots. It's not like they were being up on, on total scrubs. And so, overall, good job winning games. Good job keeping your 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 head screwed on straight. Build some leads, give it up, but you know, never actually give up control of the game. That's great. Nitty gritty though. I we got some stuff. <laughs> we got some issues, man. We got to get to those. 
yeah, my, my body is not even capable of making the noises that you make during these podcasts. I don't know <laughs> how you do it. I love it. I, I love it every time. Uh, you're right. I mean, we know what they had that stretch later in the season where it's Chief. I don't know what the order is, but it's Bills, Chiefs, 49ers, Cowboys at Seattle. There's like that five game stretch that's going to be tough. So you looked at the early part of the schedule and you were just like, all right, they better stack some wins early on. And so I think you're right. I mean, could this game have gone either way? It is a one-score game. We'll, we'll get to some of it. You know, they were up 27-7 at one point, which you reminded me just before we came on. I actually had forgotten that they were up by 20 points uh, there last week. I don't know if you felt like that one was closer or not as close than this one. I mean, that one, the Patriots had the ball uh, with a chance to score and take the lead there with, what, a, a minute left. So that one was close also. But, yeah, you're 2-0. You get the Bucks and the Commanders, Ben, for your next two games. I mean, they're going to be big time favorites in both. If they were seven point favorites here, uh, I would imagine they're at least going to, I don't know where that commander's game is. I know they're on the road at Tampa. Uh, I would think they're going to be around at least a touchdown favorite uh, in that game, depending on what Tampa does this weekend. So two and oh, you're going to be favorites in the next two games. That's the good news. Let's start with the positives. Then we're going to get to some of the reasons why you made those noises uh, there a second ago. But I mean, the positives have to start with the ground game, you know, the ground game against the Patriots. They got pushed around. I thought a little bit, up front here they run for 259 yards more than any game but the Packers game and the playoff game against the Giants last year Uh, I was looking at success rate Ben uh, and this just tells you like how efficient they were this was their most efficient rushing game since 2011 before you were born Close. No, you were born in 2001. Close. Okay. They had the 16-play, 75-yard drive in the first half where they run the ball 13 times uh, in the fourth quarter. They had that huge drive, I thought, 8-play, 75 yards, where they really put the game away pretty much. Seven of those uh, are run plays. And so we talked about this last year. It's just a huge luxury that, eh, you know, our passing game kind of sucks right now. Uh, we don't really know what's going on. They're kind of confusing us every right. time we drop back to pass. What should we do here? Oh, let's just run. It to me like I don't know inside zone inside zone right is that I mean that looked to me like that's all they were running all night long split zone right they they put split zone they yeah put two tight ends the out tight on the end field. coming across this was a this was an enormous Jack Stoll game all right big the Jack Stoll heads that have been listening you to this were pod. calling for it you yes, are it. the leader of the Jack Stoll heads they they played a 36 percent of their snaps in 12 personnel which is uh, above average for them going back to last season overall like a, a, a big 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 percentage and Stoll was, it was Stoll and Goddard, and they would play, put one off the line and have them move, and just you know, it was just gun run. It was just put the ball in in Swift's belly and read out and end. Sometimes don't read out and end. Some other times when run between the tackles. And man, did they displace! Holy smokes! Just just it is a Jason Kelsey game. It is a Jordan Mailata game. It is a Landon Dickerson Cam Jurgens game. It's a it's a whole offensive line game. I mean, they were lights out running the football. You brought up the fact that hey, like, the passing game's not working too well. Brian Flores was outside of his God-given mind on, on, on this Thursday night. The, 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 the Vikings were doing one of two things. They were rushing six players or they were rushing three, three. players. Yeah. It, 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 as, <laughs> as, as far on the poles as you can get as a defensive coach. Like that I, I, I do not have a way to get these numbers like quickly enough to figure out and say like this is the most historical whatever. But just off the eyes, like... No defensive coordinator has ever been more like, I am throwing the kitchen sink at this passing game. I do not have corners. I do not have safeties. Nobody can cover. I'm just going to do the weirdest things I can think of at random time. I'm going to blitz on first and 10 and then drop three, drop eight on third and one. Like just 
bananas nonsense. So after a few herky-jerky drives, right, you have a couple of drives there in the first quarter where the play calling is not settling in. Eagles fans are frustrated. Jalen Hurts is just scrambling and taking stacks and not throwing the football. Eventually, they say, okay, if you're just going to mess around with us all night, we're going to hand the football off and we're going to be bigger than you and stronger than you in the trenches. And they have that beautiful, that gorgeous 13-play touchdown drive where they just walk it down the field. Such a good reminder of how good this offensive line is, how good this running game can be, even with like DeAndre Swift, who wasn't the starter for Kenny Gainwell. Like, what has he got? He has a career day. Uh, Next-gen stats, Kenny Gainwell, uh, eighth highest success rate by any player with 25-plus carries in a game since 2016. A historic game for DeAndre Swift. Mm. So such a great reminder of the strength of the running game, and then also a great sign for Brian Johnson. Uh, I, the first quarter was not a hallmark moment for him. There were struggles. You know, Brian Flores had his had his uh, had his number, and then they came out in, in quarter two and they said, "We know what we're going to do now," and they did it extremely well. And so I agree, positive signs for the offense, largely centered on that running game. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the last week, the offensive line, I thought, didn't play well, not only in the run game, but in pass protection. But, you know, it was like, all right, they've earned the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, we've seen them do it for so long. So, yeah, DeAndre Swift, I mean, wow, 28 for 175, broke the 43-yarder there yeah. uh, at the end. So we'll see what the Kenny Gainwell was obviously out here. Again, it was not, it doesn't look like they're going to be doing much uh, running back by committees in terms of a game. I mean, he has 28 uh, yeah. of the 48 carries here, 30. Well, let me see. 30, uh, three, 36 rushes by running backs. He had 28. Rashad Penny had three. Boston Scott had five. Uh, and Boston Scott left, I believe. Uh, he was getting checked for a, uh, a di- for a concussion protocol yeah. uh, there. And then Rashad Penny came in and had three for nine. So I think we have a pretty good idea of what the running back. Uh, yeah, Rashad Penny ain't never getting on the field. Never. Rashad it Penny was an is, act of God. His career as an Eagle is not quite Frank Gore's career as an eagle but i don't think it's gonna be much worse if they're if they're saving him for the postseason i will be so no, impressed no, no, no. there's no chance they're not there's saving no him for chance. anything they no, just do not I, want to give him the football um yeah i don't i don't think they like what they see yeah there. thank goodness uh, so. they got to pay swift off with the touchdown man if he ended this night with just only jalen hurts scores from the one i would have felt so bad for the guy just 30 carries 900 yards no touchdown what a shame so i'm glad they, they got him one well, by my uh, buddy Joe Monte, uh, the mayor of Country, was was texting me. He I'm playing him in fantasy. I didn't know he inserted DeAndre Swift. He said in his lineup at eight oh six, and I've got Jalen Hurts. So listen, I didn't think Swift got in early. Good job. Give Hurts the ball. Don't mess around for those goal line uh, carries there. So nice job by you, Brian Johnson. All right, those are the positives on offense. You know what? We'll get to the defense after. Let's talk about the negatives on yeah. offense. I feel like we have we have to uh, address it here. Uh, I am very concerned about this passing <laughs> game. I don't know what you your and AJ level Brown, of the two of you are just very worried about. <laughs> oh, I want to get to that. I want to get to that in a minute. Uh, absolutely, but you know, you look at Jalen Hurts' final numbers and 18 for 23, 193, averaged 8.4 yards per attempt. Oh, this must have been a great passing game. I mean, they had the two 50-plus yard completions. The one uh, Devonte Smith just makes a tremendous play on an underthrown ball from Jalen Hurts. And then the second one, of course, uh, is the touchdown to Devontae Smith, 63 yards. So let's start there, actually. So though Devontae Smith, four for 131, awesome player. We both love him. Everybody loves him. What'd you see on those Nobody two plays Nobody in the league more disproportionately capable of playing through contact than his appearance would lead you to believe he can play through contact yeah. than, than Devontae Smith is. When he goes up for that jump ball on the first one, the underthrown one, you're like, okay, 
no chance. But also, I know he's coming down with this. <laughs> he does. And then the second, and then the second one was just uh, just a young corner not knowing what to do with himself. You know, cover zero. He's he's left there on an island. You're praying the rush gets home. It doesn't get home in time, and hurts just airs it out there for him. And Devonte makes the play. And so, uh, I mean, like Devonte is very good. They, I, mm. as as we've said many times before, the Eagles can very easily have a too many mouths to feed issue uh, in the passing game. This was a huge Devonte game. They obviously were very intentional early on getting Dallas Goddard activated. They threw him targets. He ended up with like twenty eight. Yards, like it was a huge day for him. Twenty-two yards, yeah. Yeah, six catches on seven targets for twenty-two yards. Average is a whopping yeah. three point seven yards per reception. Yikes! Yeah. What a, the first two games are not what we were expecting from Dallas. Then, right. Not all, not all his fault, obviously. And 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 AJ Brown stacks uh, 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 four receptions for twenty-nine yards, right? And and obviously uh, thought he had a DPI and didn't, and or, and then didn't. Wait, wait, wait it was a two-play sequence. It was like just outside of his fingertips. He barely. They thought there was going to be a DPI call. There wasn't. And then they came back to him again the next play, right? And then, and then there was another miscall. I can't. There remember. was the touchdown that got called back. That's what it was because of the back, right? uh, Rashad Penny penalty. And then I think it was the one where he didn't yes. get the call on the DPI. Uh, and previously on the same possession, they went to him. Of course, this was all after it looked like something was going on on the sidelines, which uh, again, I want to get to that in a minute. But you were just mentioning the yards per reception. This is the weirdest box score I've ever seen, Ben. I'm looking at their receiving. Devontae Smith Smith averages 32.8 yards per reception. Casual. AJ, AJ Brown, 7.3. Dallas Goddard, 3.7. DeAndre Swift, 2. And Rashad Penny, 5. So uh, only one player averages more than eight yards per reception and that guy averages 32.8 yards per reception uh, let me give you some troubling numbers on Jalen Hurts's start here so uh, he had the big plays that's going to juice mm-hmm. up the box score there's no doubt about it those plays count I'm not taking them away I understand but I always like to look at success rate early in the season don't it like it out the out don't like to look at success outliers. rate right now do we <laughs> this is not a yeah, pleasant yeah. thing to look at <laughs> Just to explain to listeners who are going, stop talk, being such a nerd, uh, explain to me quickly what that means. It just takes out the outlier. So uh, a turnover, a explosive play, it just looks at was every drop back successful or not in terms of EPA, which, which is ex- expected points added. So it's like an efficiency stat. It doesn't measure explosiveness. It doesn't measure uh, your terrible place. It says, how often is something good happen happening when you drop back to pass? So, okay, here's the concerning part. There have been 600 quarterback performances since the start of last season, Ben. Where do you think this Jalen Hurts, well, I kind of gave it away a little bit, but still, you could go anywhere on that spectrum. Uh, Where do you think this Jalen Hurts performance ranked out of 600 league-wide quarterback performances since the start of 22 in terms of success rate? 572. You're you're good at this game. Uh, It's 593, Ben. Dude, it's 593 out of 600. Think of all the bad quarterbacks we've watched since the start of last season, even just last week. You can throw that in there. They produced the positive play on just 23.3% of Jalen Hurts' dropbacks. That's concerning. What might be more concerning is that the last two weeks, the first two weeks of the season, his success rates have been lower than in any game all of last season. So we now have a two-game sample. It's not a 17-game sample. There's a lot of football to be played. They've won both games. He's doing stuff with his legs. 
the passing game, I mean, eye test wise, right? To me, it felt this felt like a 2021 game where I'm going, all right, they're running the game, they can win, the, they're running the ball, they can win this game. Maybe they'll make a couple plays downfield, but man, if they have to string together a drive here where they're having completion after completion, that's not going to happen with them uh, right now. So, uh, having heard those numbers, having watched the game, uh, give me your thoughts on kind of what's going on with this passing game right yeah, now. Yeah, were you watching? Uh uh, uh, the Prime Vision broadcast from Next Gen Stats. I was watching it. I wasn't listening to it. I don't. Yeah. Does that have uh, broadcasters or so no? They'll go that? in and out from the OG broadcast with Kirk and Al to like Sam Schwartzine. Shout out Sam, who's on Twitter, is a great okay. guy, uh, and he'll do like little analytics. Like, yo, do you guys see this right now? This is success rate. It's pretty sick, um, which is cool. Okay. Um, but they had it there. They had a feature on the broadcast that they call like Prime Targets or something, where basically like anytime a receiver. They're like live tracking it and machine learning or whatever. Anytime a receiver has generated separation, like at least a yard, and is in a position to convert a first down, like the little bubble underneath him turns green. It looks like Madden. It's really cool, right? Oh, yeah. nice. And you're I watching. I noticed that. Yeah, so you watch Hertz play, and like the Eagles go out into the routes, and like two or three guys that got green bubbles under them, and Hertz is just like running and just moving around. Um, this passing game is so basic. It's so simple. We said it a lot last season. But we'd often uh, say it with like incredulity. We'd say it like as like a kicker on a compliment. Be like, and they're doing all of this with such a basic pass offense. Well, you run into a Brian Flores who's just like I said, throwing the kitchen sink at you defensively. Just like coverage guys dropping from nowhere, blitzers coming from nowhere. Hertz never has the clean understanding of what's going on pre-snap. And then this passing offense does not really have progressions built into it that often. Like the Eagle, I'll put it to you this way. The Eagles don't really run anything that like progresses full field. They it's very very rare that they have a concept where it's like okay you start to your right and if you don't like it you work to your left and we have like a backside dig like a backside cross or something coming in from the backside to make this operate across the full field. Uh, they don't they just don't do that. They run a half field thing over here and then like an isolation thing over there, right? Man beater to this side, zone beater to that side. You know, three man concept over here, AJ Brown one on one over there, and Hurts picks a side and if he doesn't get what he wants, he just runs around. And that's overall like been really successful for them. But on days like today, uh, that hurts interception, right? Like, it's just like, okay, third and long. We're going to run a seam and we're going to run a dig behind it. It's dagger. We're going to throw the dagger. That's dagger. Yeah. Like there was that their most other than four verse, probably their most common yeah. passing concept, yeah. right? And, I mean, and, they're running this every week. Yeah. And so, and they throw it and he throws it direct. And like both Vikings defenders know it's coming. Both jumped around. Hurts throws it right into them because like he just doesn't, they don't do progressions here like they just really don't like it's not like a hurts comment like i know hurts can progress and has done progressions and has, has improved in his progressions it's just like a they when they built the offense it's very collegiate so they just don't do a lot of like yeah i mean there were times last year where we were talking i don't know at what point in the season but we were like oh he got to the you know yeah the backside dig now i'm not saying that happened like all the time but those examples were starting to pepper in which is why we're okay he wow they're really they're adding more stuff uh he's progressing oh this is happening but yeah so go ahead. Extra, extra cool next gen stats just just gave me the, the i was asking about the flores defense so the vikings had a 40.7 percent drop eight rate the highest in any game since the Dolphins of Week 17, 2019, which was a Brian Flores coach team. So this is the highest drop eight rate in the 40%. last four years. Wow. It the felt Vikings, like that, now, I guess, The Vikings also had a 40% max blitz rate, okay? Which <laughs> I is love the, it. the highest in a game since the Browns in Week 3, 2017. So the highest drop eight rate in the last four years, eight in the coverage, three rushing. And then the highest max blitz rate, which is like six plus, 
in the last six years in the same game. This is bananas, right? This is this is we are trying to fluster your quarterback. We are trying to fluster your passing game and just completely confound it. It's too simple. And we think we can we can be so complex back here and so unpredictable that you're not gonna be able to open up anything. And they were right. They were absolutely right. This game plan should have won the Vikings or the should have won the Vikings defense versus Eagles offense matchup. And and, and if you just look at 34 points, you go, oh, the Eagles did win it. But when you start to look at success rate, you're like, holy smokes, this passing yeah. game really, really, really struggled. Eagles had the running game to, to rely on, and that was that was a huge difference for them. Um, but this, yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, Hurts looks at, uh, as indecisive and unprepared for uh, um, uh, uh, creation, unprepared for scrambling, unprepared for improvisation, than I can remember him him looking i mean he is so contact averse right now that he just is not a threat outside of the pocket relative to what he was last year and they don't have good scramble draw passing production like when he actually throws it so right now they are their passing game is a complete mess so let's take a break we'll, we'll come right back and i, I want to get uh, to a little bit more of this Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Week two, here's what I like. I like the Chargers, minus three against the Titans. I like the Giants, minus four and a half against the Cardinals. And I like the Niners, minus seven against the Rams. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Philly and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends on 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. So what I was going to say is, those numbers are wild. I love that. Honestly, that's probably how I would play defense if I was a quarterback. We don't need to do a bunch of stuff. We're just going to line everyone up at the line of scrimmage. Right. Sometimes we're going to send a bunch of people. Sometimes we're going to drop everyone back. Everyone we'll get is burned. going to do but you one know what? thing. The one <laughs> yeah. thing will change, but everyone's <laughs> yeah. doing one thing. <laughs> we won't tell them what it is. But like, the Vikings did this in week one to Tampa. I mean, I don't know what the numbers were. I don't mm -hmm. think they were that extreme, but that was like their game plan. Line everyone up there. There were, you could see it on film, a bunch of snaps where they only dropped three, a bunch of snaps, you know, they were the highest blitz team. I think they blitzed 47% of the time in week one. So it's not like this was something, you know, you were saying they threw the kitchen sink at him. And I think that's right. But at the same time, this was something like as you're watching the film from last week and preparing, it's not like, whoa, they did something completely different than they did before. And that's what was concerning to me because uh, I'm, you know, I like the coaching aspects of it. I think a lot of times it's like, take your one-on-one, -on -one, who's better that in the NFL, that's what it comes down to. And man, the Eagles just should have had so many one-on-one -on -one advantages personnel-wise against this Vikings team. I would say this Vikings team, from a talent perspective, absolute like a like a bottom eight unit 
in the NFL. They mm-hmm. do not have the guys. If you gave GMs the pick, hey, you know, rank your which defensive personnel you want, that's where they would finish. They would finish in the bottom eight. So that's why they got Flores, because Flores can do more with less. You've heard me say this probably 7,000 times. You want to, like, punch me in the face probably at this point every time I say it, but that's coaching. Can you do more with less? I, you know, I don't care about the guys who have the great players and, wow, you're putting up big points. Like, if you don't have the guys, can you do something? Flores did that. And then are you doing less with, you know, on the opposite, like the Eagles, you're looking at it. They're kind of doing less with more with at least their passing game, not with the whole offense. Again, they ran the ball. They put up points. But with their passing game, there's too much talent there for this to be, what did I say, the seventh worst passing performance in terms of efficiency since the start of last season. So uh, you were mentioning, like, you're, you're looking at the dots, guys. So you think this is more... I know it's hard to assign blame before watching the film. So let's give that caveat. But what's your feeling on like, right. if you're assigning the Blair, all right, Brian Johnson's taking heat, Jalen Hurts is taking heat, O-line, receivers, credit to Vikings. Like, how are you kind of uh, assigning those different pieces? Just if you had to say yeah. right now. I would say so zero to receivers. Brown and, and Smith are open and they're winning and Goddard's open and they're good. Um, there's a small percentage of that pie that goes to offensive line. The pass protection through the first two weeks of the season has been good. It has not been lights out to the stand like last year they were unbelievable eagles off the line best in the league like uh, my lot of struggled quite a bit in week one i thought it was better yeah i thought week one was bad i thought that th- yeah. this seemed to be better to, to me though, yeah, yeah no t- today was certainly better but also it's very hard to gauge offensive line play off tv copy when right this is the sort of defensive performance that you get um but i think so in general i think it's been like good i think it's been above league average but it's not been what it was last season so a small percentage of the pie there i think your remaining pie like 80 85 percent of it gets divided like almost in half probably the bigger half goes to hertz hertz is not playing well um doesn't mean hertz is a bad quarterback doesn't mean he's regressed doesn't mean the eagles shouldn't give the contract like we're two weeks in they play bill belichick and brian flores these guys are kind of good at this brian johnson's like still figuring stuff out and we'll get to him in a second um but i think hertz deserves the majority of the blame he is uh if you're going to be a high sack rate, high scramble rate quarterback, you can't play uh, afraid of contact, which is what he's doing right now. Uh, if you're going to be a high sack rate, high scramble rate quarterback, you have to be able to complete throws like on the move outside of the pocket consistently. He's struggling to do that. Uh, and so right now, play style wise, he's costing them stuff and he's not paying them back uh, in terms of like the positive plays. He had the great scramble on the first drive, right? Third and five. He survives the Daniel Hunter hit. He like, gets past the sticks. You're like, that's what it used to look like. And then kind of it's just never never that again for the rest of the game. Um, and and the blitz has always been a problem with him. It's always been a struggle with him, and he really struggled against that uh, in this game. So I think Hurts is not playing well, and that's that's the majority. Um, but then Brian Johnson. That's the most, like, I think, eminent thing, uh, where, like, the Shane, the Shane second to Brian Johnson exchange. We're two games in now. You're looking good on that yeah. so far. I, I was getting, I was getting a lot of like, <laughs> I was getting a lot of like tweets like Ben's got it so good on his strike and take. I was like, guys, like, we're three drives in. Like, I think they're gonna, they're gonna get okay. And I tweeted during the game. I was like, you know, they they were trying to be super spread, which which against a really blitz heavy team makes sense, right? Spread everybody out, and then it's a lot easier for the offensive line and the quarterback to figure out who's coming because now like the guys in coverage actually have to go way far out there and go cover dude. They were trying to do that in the first few drives. It just was not working. And so the solution's pretty, like, yeah, it's pretty simple. Get stole on the field, condense some formations, get tight, and run the football. And that's what they did, and they were successful. And so Johnson, I thought, like, again, like, I thought it was a, it was a good day for Johnson in terms of, like, growing in the game and figuring stuff out as he went. But in general, they're struggling to get the ball to their stars, 
right? Uh, their, their, uh, their, their passing game is not working nearly as easy as it was last year. And they're having these uh, dull stretches, right? They're having these, 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 like they had four three and outs against the Patriots. They had, you know, uh, it was a, I think it was a two drive stretch this time where they were just like three and out, totally stuck in the muck. They had the one drive where they were running the ball well, and then first and 10, second, 10, third and 10 passes, and, 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 and they have to punt. They're having these dry stretches, and I think that a lot of that's the play caller. So I think Hurts got to be better, and Johnson's got to be better, and I don't think it's super surprising that the Johnson thing is happening in the month of September. Yeah, no, you make a good point, because I do think Johnson's going to take a lot of heat uh, this week, most likely, but you are right. I mean, they eventually were just like, all right, let's not mess around, and we'll run the ball until we can't run the ball, and we'll see where that takes us. And those drives were very successful. Like that worked for them. And if you remember the first half of Sirianni's first season, when they weren't playing well, they were a little, they were a lot more stubborn. You know, they were just like, no, no, no. We have these, you know, passing concepts in in the game plan. We're going to get to all of them. Jalen can do it. And it was like, well, that's not really the strength of the personnel you have right now with the guy who who's a first year uh, starter in Hurts. Then and then the second half of the season, the run game takes off. So you're right. I do think Johnson deserves credit there, where they could have been overthinking yeah. it and say, no, no, we'll figure this out. We got this. You know, mm-hmm. we know what they're doing, and just kept dropping Hurts back. Uh, and they didn't do that. Yeah. And, and I do like when offensive coordinators are just like we have something that works it's very simple again the the run cut like i'll be anxious to look at the film like in week one they were running a lot of gap schemes uh they were running a lot of counter against the patriots this was just uh they tried to and split yeah they tried to early when they were super spread right like there was that like third down sack where they were trying to run gt counter and like they were trying to do some like big puller stuff and then eventually they were like no like let the big guys and Go I, hit that guy yeah. in front of you, and push him. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the shift was, you know, kind of the veteran voice of Stoutland and Kelsey being like, hey, these, like, Dean Lowry's not good, dude. Can I just go push Dean yeah. Lowry off the ball? And like, yeah, like, <laughs> let's just go push Dean Lowry off the ball. Um, I will say, like, again, like, I thought Johnson did a good job growing in the game and figuring stuff out. He ruined the drive, the 16-play touchdown drive, because it was... Run, run, run. Uh, no, it was run, run, pass to DeAndre Swift. Run, 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 run. First and 10 from the 28. Tried to throw a screen to AJ Brown like nobody was on the same page. <laughs> Dude, just keep run- It was going to be a perfect drive. It was going to be only running back to Jalen Hurts. You can't ruin the sanctity of it. But, you know, you can't, you can't resist. You have to like, all right, they're going to they're gonna be ready for it this time. We have to throw the change up. No, keep running it. It is funny in the content business. Like you get excited when you're like, wait, it felt like they ran the ball out there. And then you go back and count. And you're like, oh, I got a good nugget here. Yeah. They ran the, the, no, why did you pass it that one time? You ruined my nugget. That's a little peek into our, in the weird world. Just room uh, for nuggets. <laughs> That's right. Uh, to what Solak is saying with the personnel, uh, this is from True Media pro football focus this could get updated i guess they do this live during the game eagles in 11 personnel 58.7 percent of the time that was around 85 percent in yeah. week one uh and they were in 12 personnel 40 percent of the time uh in this game so a big 12 personnel game there for the eagles with hertz he had the interception like you mentioned very cop you know uh, i'm curious to hear what they say about that because is that like it, does, it, it always feels to me, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but last year and this year, given what we've talked about, it's not the most voluminous playbook, and I don't necessarily think that, think that you need to have a monster playbook, but like you see a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Now, if you can get to it from different looks, that's 
at the heart of football. You hear every good coach talk about that. But when it doesn't look good, it always feels to me like the defense really has a bead on what they're doing. And as we mentioned, that's a, that's a common concept that the Eagles run uh, every week. And there were two guys there. He throws it anyway. That's an interception. Um, there was the possession there, Ben, in the, I think it was the fourth quarter, where they're in field goal range, and he takes back-to-back sacks uh, that I think knocks them. They had, like, it was so weird. It was like a 15-play drive, I think, that took nine minutes off the clock, and then they ended up punting. Like, how often does that happen? That pretty much uh, never happens. So uh, he does look uncomfortable. I remember you and I had that conversation last season. We were debating, like, Lamar versus Hurts. And I was like, well, if you put Lamar in the end, like, it was like, well, this would be a totally different offense with Lamar. And my point for Hurts was always, I love Hurts' decisiveness, where he looks at it, doesn't see it, goes, scramble, eight yards. Like he's not dancing around uh, back there. And that seems to be missing a little bit from his game here. And how much of it is, hey, you're paying a quarterback $52 million uh, per season. And in the summer, you're saying, all right, let's try to make sure we protect ourselves. It's a long season. He's sustained injuries in each of the last two years. Avoid some of that contact. Like this stuff has been there, I'm sure, in the building. It's certainly been there uh, with the public and the media. And how much of that is, all right, let's, let's kind of be smart avoid big hits and play the long game versus let's do what's necessary and play your game and be dynamic with your legs. Cause yeah, you're right. It's a scrambler. Uh, he just do- doesn't look like the same guy uh, right now that he did last year. Yeah. I'm trying to look right now. Sack rate for Hertz so far just on standard dropbacks. What's he at? Oh, he's actually not that bad. He's, oh no, he is that bad. Sorry. I had it flipped. He's at 11% sack rate right now, which puts him fifth, really? fifth in the league. Yeah. He's taking, I mean like, Ooh. And like a lot of those sacks are like one yard because it's like a scramble and then it's second yeah. and 11, you know, but still like he's just it, it's not a positive play. Yeah, yeah. the sack. The, that's where the sack rates at. And then where's the scramble rate at? Scramble rate is I have way too many things up. Uh, Eight point seven percent. Yeah. So we're getting sacked more. We're getting scrambled right now. That's not that that the cost. Benny is not good on the on the move in the quarterback. Um, It's it's. And add them both up. That's one out of five snaps. You're not even attempting a pass. Yep. And when he is and attempting I, a pass, I don't pass, know what the league wide numbers are. Yeah, but that that seems pretty high to me. One out of five times. Yeah. So it's um, there's 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 problems right now in their passing game. The good news is that AJ Brown's very good, and Devontae Smith is very good, and Dallas Goddard's very good, and Jalen Hurts had a great season last season, and is objectively a good quarterback. So we're all right, but we got to get all right. Yeah. You know, and and you've got time you've got the bucks coming up you got the commanders coming up commanders are good defense you got the rams coming up like you got games but bucks are a good defense too actually yeah. i mean honestly i mean they're the you didn't realize it at the time but now that we're thinking about it like brian uh bill belichick into brian flores into todd Bowles, it's kind of like an anti-hurts gauntlet to start yeah, the season that's right just in terms of the blitzing and then the jets you get robert sala and like you know that's not super blitz heavy raheem morris not super blitz heavy still good dcs but yeah, those first three games, uh, Hertz is like, uh, Hertz was blitzed 15 dropbacks in this game, man. Like, he is going to get uh, hammered. Uh, I don't know what the blitz rate overall is for him versus other quarterbacks, but it's got to be high. Um, and he, they have to have better answers than, like, we throw screens. Like, it's just not, you have to have better solutions. Yeah, so they've got the Bucks and Bulls, who I had the Bucks as a top 10 defense coming into the season. The Commanders, we know, gave them problems last year in our talented defense. Rams shouldn't be. They played well in week one. Then you get the Jets, who I have as a top five defense there. You still have the Cowboys on the schedule twice. You still, these are 
yeah, the, these are some top defenses. You have the 49ers uh, on the schedule there. They, they've yeah. got their work cut out for them where it's not uh, – you don't just have kind of a cakewalk of three to five defenses that you say, all right, don't have to worry about that. Uh, Hertz's sack rate last year was 7.6%. So, yeah, that's that's a big jump up, up to up. over uh, 11%. Just to give people context, last year would have been second highest in the league to only Justin Fields. So, uh, And it, feel, it feels like he's go, he's dropping back there and you're just like – what's happening you know like it yeah it's not there's no rhythm to it it's not okay i know where i'm going uh throw the football we're in a good spot so uh that that is a a big concern right now but again like you said he was a great quarterback last year they have the weapons are still healthy uh we'll see what happens here going forward all right defensively benjamin kirk cousins throws for 364 yards and four touchdowns the vikings had their Third string left tackle in the game at one point. They started the game with their backup center. At the same time, Eagles just are getting crushed <laughs> defensively yeah. with these injuries, man. They had three-fifths of their starting secondary was out for most of this game after Avante Maddox went out. Bradbury didn't start. Blankenship didn't start. Then Maddox leaves the game. Nicobe Dean was not there. So you're talking about four of these sort of back seven players uh, were backups in this game. Uh, what did you make of the Eagles defensive performance tonight? Yeah. So I, um, betting into this game, I had a lot of Kirk cousins passing props because I'm in Zach Cunningham and Nick Morrow and Terrell Edmonds and Josh Joe are all going to be on the field. And Kirk is the king of, 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 uh, of empty production stats. That's kind of where we ended up. Uh, Slay played Jefferson. Well, I thought Jefferson ends up with over 120 yards. Um, but I thought in general, Slay played him fine. He ran away. And some of those catches, he's all over him. Yeah, I know. Just like, and, all right, yeah. he's a great player, yeah. There's a couple of, of runaway plays. He gets Mario Goodrich on a play, obviously. So, like, I thought Slay overall played him played him well. I thought Joe handled himself. I Like, you know, the, the, the stats for Josh aren't going to look too great because of the catch and run from from uh, uh, Jordan Addison, the touchdown. And he's... It, the, 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 the note in the film room is going to be, okay, sometimes you get beat, sometimes you have to make a catch. Focus on making the tackle. Because he goes to like play the catch point, like strip the ball like a minute after the ball arrives. And then you miss the tackle and he walks in for the score. Um, but altogether, he played Addison well, I thought. I was impressed with what you saw from Joe on the outside. Now, he obviously knew he was going to start uh, versus Mario Goodrich, who kind of had to come in and just like, there were two or three plays where Mario was like, where am I supposed to be? Yeah. Uh, and so that was tough. Uh, having having those, both those young guys out there, while also having Reed and Terrell, it's just, you lack so much athleticism. You lack so much like, decisiveness and vision and anticipation like everybody's just kind of dropping to a spot and hoping that they know where they're going and then you have no uh uh impact cover players at linebacker right and so that just makes it really really challenging uh to hang and then the, the vikings are just in pass mode pass mode pass mode kirk was passing the ball really quickly right the ball was coming out very fast and that was helping neutralize that pass rush anytime he had to hold it for more than a second i mean that that's out of hell man i mean they were <laughs> they were coming uh mm-hmm. another Next gen stat uh, uh, number for you. Jalen Carter right now uh, is at a seventeen point nine percent pressure rate. All right, where do you think that would have ranked among defensive tackles last year? Might have been first. It was first. It would be first by a yeah, mile. That's it's a high number for a tackle. The highest, the highest for a DT last year was fourteen percent. You know who it was? Dexter Lawrence. Javon Hargrave. Just, really just okay. bet just better hargrave just better <laughs> cheaper hargrave any of further course. questions is anybody confused yeah. uh uh yeah so the pass rush was gonna get home but this is 
when you have these issues in the secondary and you have a quarterback like Kirk who's willing to be a quick distribution guy, this is the sort of game that you're going to run into. Yeah, the uh, the pass rush. I mean, how, yeah, your boy, Jordan Davis. It looks like he's making the leap. How about that pass rush on third down? I on? That was thought awesome. it was Carter. I, I was like, what a sick rush yeah. by Carter. And then Kirk Herbstreit goes, the big guy, Jordan Davis. I went, no way, out loud. I yeah. screamed. My wife was like, are you good? I was like, I am amazing. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, we should not regularly rely on Jordan Davis to achieve that, but it's sick to see him do it. That's awesome that he's doing and he and he did it in week one and he's been good. Their run defense has been outstanding. That's been one of I mean, Davis and Jalen Carter, you couldn't be any more encouraged by the first two weeks. Uh, you know, that that's one of the biggest positives on the team. Josh Sweat, fantastic, huge play today. Uh, and so close on that touchdown pass. Oh my gosh, I can't yeah. wait to watch that one. It felt like a, an edge rusher has never been closer to forcing a fumble that ended up as a touchdown uh, than he was there. So the front is playing great. Again, you're really injured everywhere else uh like you said goodrich looked a little lost out of there you're right job it wasn't like job consistently getting picked on you know he gives up the 62 yard touchdown and then i think it was him on the kj osborne right he kind of got uh I, yeah little, i i missed the kj osborne i i didn't understand what was happening okay. there defensively i gotta go back to yeah it was one. wide open it looked like he wasn't traveling with him so i don't know if he thought he was passing him off to someone and he wasn't uh but he ended up wide open uh there as well mm-hmm. so um I don't. You know what? I like that they they try stuff. They're aggressive. I mean, I think I think Nicholas Mora was thinking of you because your old thing about like, hey, when a linebacker can't cover, just having blitz every down. That's what it felt like they were doing with Nicholas Mora. Yep. <laughs> Send him. Now, so he was hit, I, hitting yeah. Kirk Cousins. I it it's it just sucks because they've had these injuries that they've had at these already thin positions, so they're just going to be liable because of talent deficiency. I've generally liked what Sean Desai has done over two weeks. He's making chicken salad at this point. Like, you know, you're just trying to play what these guys can play. And and if they make mental mistakes, they're going to make mental mistakes. You're going to get burned on stuff. You're going to give up. Like the Jordan Addison touchdown is like, it's a fake screen and Kirk looks to the front side and they have it covered up great, but you just have to leave Job with Addison. And if he gets, if Kirk gets in the progression, he gets there. There's nothing you can do about it, you know? And so did you think Edmonds was, I, I was, I didn't catch like the full, I only saw a quick thing of the replay yeah. where it looks like Edmonds comes up. I didn't know if he was supposed to do that or if you saw if, that. If or not. he doesn't do that, the ball's going to Hawkinson. Now, okay. if, if it goes to Hawkinson, maybe it's not a touchdown, it's right? Better, yeah. But it's not like Edmonds is thinking that. And like at that, at that moment, Hawkinson is uncovered and, Addison is part is at least partially covered. And so you have to make that decision go down, especially because it makes Kirk hold the ball for another half second hand hitch. And you're just trying to get let the defense have enough time to get home. Kirk held the ball in that play by like three and a half seconds, right? Like when you go in the film room, there's notes for Job on that one. I think Edmonds is fine, but there's also okay, we we we're not gonna win downs when the quarterback's holding the ball for three and a half seconds like as, as the team is currently constructed we're winning downs where the, where the rush gets home we have to be able to uh, uh win after three three and a half seconds uh yeah i mean i'm look look at some of the guys who are just getting the justin evans played 55 snaps josh job 55 snaps nicholas morrow 52 snaps terrell edmonds 51 snaps zach cunningham 51 snaps. I mean, these yeah. Mario Goodrich, 37. Like these are guys who I'm just, are not, we did 400 hours of podcasts and did, yeah. did not mention any of these guys. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I'm just thinking about <laughs> you and I sitting on that, that, that barstool table in Phoenix, Arizona at the Super Bowl, 
We're podcasting about the Eagles' incredible <laughs> season. We're reminiscing. We loved it. Close game, great game. And I just wish some angel had descended from heaven. It was going to be like, in week two, the following players are going to play at least 90% of the snaps. Justin Evans, Josh Job, Zach Cunningham. We would have spent a few more minutes there being like, great season. Really fun team to cover. <laughs> Guess how quickly your, your fortunes turn. Uh, one thing I did want to say on Sweat, uh, six pressures uh, PFF credited him with on the first brush. Ties a career high. Uh, for sweat he's done that a few times um but this this is a, a career high for him he was he through two weeks i know we talked a little bit about like what if sweat has more sacks than reddick through two weeks i mean he's their primary pass rusher that the, the first pressure that he got they're lining him up inside the tackle they're lining him up in between the guard and the yeah, tackle that was nice and he's just whooping at ingram on the inside i mean they they're they are using sweat like he is a full force weapon and he's paying them off for it it's sick to see yeah um statistically listen it's not going to look good but i'm kind of with you you know I, I it's been fun if nothing else it's like they're trying stuff uh they're under man let's see what the film shows uh once we get to that i thought the sequence been end of the first half start of the second half so last two minutes of the first half uh justin jefferson has the fumble over the pylon eagles come back kick the field goal they come out of halftime Kirk Cousins fumbles on the Josh Sweat sack. Uh, Eagles run the ball and they score and it goes to 20 to seven. Like that could have been just such a different sequence if the Vikings score there uh, before halftime compared to them uh, not scoring there, obviously. So that would have been what 14 13 uh, Vikings up at halftime. They would have been up 14 10 so. at halftime because you don't get the field goal if Jefferson scores. You're right. Yeah, 14 you, Maybe you yeah, do, 14, but you know, 10. unlikely. Yeah. And then the Vikings get so. the ball to come out in the second half. And so yeah. there was a world in which the Eagles were getting the ball to start the third quarter for their for their first drive. And they were down 17 to 10, 21 to 10. And they were going to have to throw the ball. Pass the ball. To get back yeah, in the right. game. That was huge. I didn't. Yeah. It changed they, the whole they, game script. The Eagles haven't trailed yet this season. It doesn't feel true? like this. Yeah. Okay. That, and they walked out to two massive leads. No, no, they trailed today. Didn't they trail today? Didn't they? Wasn't it 7-3? Oh, they trailed 7-3. to three. I they, mean, it doesn't count, yes. but yeah, just okay. to be so, accurate. Yes, <laughs> but they've, they've, had, they've had leads. They had leads of 17 to nothing in the second quarter against the, uh, uh, or 16 to nothing, excuse me, against the Patriots. And then they had a Patriots, lead of 27 yeah. to 7 against the Vikings. They've been in like dominant positions. And then they let like teams get close and it's one score games and backdoor covers and whatever. But it's just, yeah, it's been all over the place. So here's, here's, but here's the, um, the reason why, right? Here's the explanation. The Eagles in this game uh, generated, in terms of total turnover expected points added, they had four total turnovers, right? The uh, interception, or excuse me, the, the fumble by Justin Jefferson, the special teams fumble, the forced fumble right after Jalen Hurts' interception, and then the strip sack, so four fumbles. Uh, they generated, in terms of total turnover expected points added, 50. 15.76 they added 16 expected points a touchdown a touchdown and a field goal uh on turnovers that is the most of a game this season obviously right this is very young last year it would have been the 10th most of any game last season it would have been the 10th most turnover epa any team had generated they benefited massively dramatically from turnovers oh and hey guess what the Eagles benefited massively and dramatically against turnover uh, for turnovers against the Patriots. 11.74 yeah. would have been its fifth so far this season, would have been 31st last season. No team has benefited from turnovers more than the Eagles on a per game basis, right? If you do it for two games, you can't really do overall because they're the only team that's played two games. But they have 
hugely benefited from turnovers. Double-digit expected points in both games. And that's why you're getting these wild swings uh, where they, they get these big leads because they get these turnovers and they pay it off. Darius Slay, touchdown, quick scores. But then, you know, when, when the game resettles and it's normal possessions, <laughs> it, it doesn't look as pretty. Here's the thing about turnover luck, guys. It regresses. You can't rely on this. And that's why you've had these crazy game scripts through two games. To build on that point, uh, to bring back success rate here, which, you know, success rate, if you get a stop on third and seven or you get a pick six on third and seven, it credits it, credits it the same. So it's, uh, again, more stable. If you look at the Eagles' success rate right now through two games, where do you think it would have ranked last year in the NFL? Uh, okay, run, you got you to run that paradigm okay. back past yeah. me again. Their success yeah. rate right now, if you just took that number and said, let's compare this number, the Eagles' defensive success rate um, to every to, to league-wide success rate last year, like Not good. where would that number rank? Bad, quite bad. 20... 31st. Yeah, okay, I was going to 28th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 31st in the NFL. So on a down to down basis. Now, listen, there's some noise there, uh, that, you know, the end of this game, you're letting the Vikings cut, not letting them, but, uh, you're playing a certain type of coverage where if they have positive plays, it's not the end of the Mm -hmm. world. And as you said, Kirk cousins is more than willing to take those, but, uh, still, yes, that that's not great. That whenever I just to explain it, when I'm doing my analysis and I see a team that is very low in success rate and very high in turnover EPA, my general conclusion is, is, that team's getting pretty lucky, and that's not going to last for them going no, forward. I, I, to kind of explain it bluntly. At twenty-seven to seven, the thought that just popped in my head immediately was, "Oh, from like a betting perspective, I the Eagles would be a team that I would be immediately looking to fade in week three, literally almost no matter the context, <laughs> right? They're okay, like they're gonna have ten days of rest. Usually, love that team, but just the way that the ball has bounced for them in these these first two weeks, you're just thinking like, okay, this team is absolutely going to be inflated in the public eye, and I'm going to be looking to fade that." Now, because I pay attention to the team a little bit more closely, that there's like, okay, well, there's some mitigating stuff, and I know talent-wise they can be better, and maybe they figure stuff out because they have a little, little bit of longer break and whatever. But from a, a, a wider lens perspective, the Eagles are absolutely a team that you as a power ranker, you as a better would say, oh, they're inflated. They're not as good as a 2-0 and record would suggest. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's absolutely right here. All right. I think that's most of what I had. Now we got to do a little FanDuel TV segment. So let's uh, take uh, a break. Excuse you. Third phase yeah. of the game. Jake Elliott, 61 oh. yarder at half. Okay. okay. Has yeah. never missed a I'm, kick, baby. That was my boy, Jake Elliott. Don't look at the stats. He did. He never did missed miss, a kick. Okay, yeah, Not okay. even once. Never missed a kick. 61. I mean, how about that? How about that possession? Now that's telling. Two runs and then a Hertz run to set up a 61 yarder. They, yeah. they, they weren't even going to attempt to pass there. Like, Yeesh, you're yeah. kind of telling us what you think you're passing uh, right now. What do you, what, you're the golf guy. What do you call those shots where you, you hit it really hard, but it stays flat? It doesn't get any arc. It doesn't get up and down. I have no idea. Either I, way. I don't know. That, when a he, low liner? When he kicked that 61 yarder, it was so <laughs> flat. I was like, this ball, like they better have I didn't a, think it was getting there. Yeah, I was like, they better have a return yeah. man standing at the nine. This thing isn't even getting into the end zone. And it just yeah. kept going. Jake Elliott's a big golfer, so maybe he knows something we don't know. 
but yeah, he's a great golfer. Great he's, kick from Jake. He's good at every. He's like the best person at the like huge all tennis the guy. They, yeah, yeah. I think all that stuff. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. Ben and I have to do a little FanDuel segment where we're gonna spin it forward and, and look ahead to how concerned are we about some of this stuff. We might repeat some of what we said, but uh, if you want to listen, you know, there might be some new nuggets in there. If you're like, all right, I've had enough of you bozos, then uh, you can turn off the podcast and you can watch us on FanDuel TV on Monday. So let's take a break. We're gonna come back and do that. All right, we are back. Welcome to those of you watching on FanDuel TV and those of you listening to the Ringers Philly special. Eagles 2-0 going into week three. It's been a little bit of a shaky 2-0. I'm here with Chiel Kapati here with Ben Solak. Ben, let's play a little game, kind of spin it forward. What is your level of concern? Let's start with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles passing game, which has been probably maybe the biggest surprise in a negative way through the first two weeks. Give me on a scale of one to 10, 10 being, oh my God, the season's over. They have no chance. One being calm down. It's two games. They're going to be fine. Where do you land on that? Five, six, five. Yeah, no, you can't. I'm not letting you go yeah, five. You I, at least have to pick one I, side or the other. The second I said five, I lost <laughs> respect for myself. So six. <laughs> The label I would put on it is this is going to lose them a game, right? Uh, the Eagles have been able to get into game scripts in the first half. They, they haven't fallen behind dramatically. The Patriots game, right? They have that that uh, that big second quarter. They get to a huge lead in, in the Vikings game. It was the end of the first half, into the second half, a couple turnovers, get a big lead, such that they haven't needed to throw their way back into the game. And we just have not seen this Eagles passing game be successful enough that I would say, hey, like they can throw their way back into a football game. Now, I don't know if the Bucs in week three are going to be the team that makes them do that. The Rams, the Jets with Zach Wilson, like they may not run into a team for a bit. But if they get into a script right now where they have to throw the football to, to reset the, the, the game script, I have no reason to believe they're going to be able to do that for a consistent drive. When they've scored on, on big passing drives, they've, they've been scoring with explosives. They've been throwing the ball down the field, scored with catch and run. Like I, 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 um, I'm very worried about their standard drop back passing game at this time. I'm going to put it up to like a six and a half. I'm a, I'm a little, uh, this, this is definitely on my radar where I'm not sweeping it under the rug. Right. It's been two games. The Vikings were not a talented defense and they looked shaky against them. You know, week one against the Patriots. All right, that is a uh, a good defense and, and it's Bill Belichick. But yeah, it, ju- it ju- doesn't look like last year. Frankly, it looks a little more like two years ago in 2021 where occasionally they'd hit on a big play, but there was no consistency, no rhythm to it. So I have a little more panic than you do. All right. Next question. What is your level of concern uh, about the Eagles having to, a lot of mouths to feed, right? That's the that's yeah. the term. A lot of mouths to feed on offense. So uh, Dallas Goddard, very quiet through the first two games here. But more importantly, Ben, A.J. Brown, not happy in that Thursday night game yeah. going into the fourth quarter. Eagles are up. They're fine. The crowd's into it. Uh, the camera goes to the sideline. A.J. Brown's a little frustrated, talking to Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni comes over. We saw this last year with A.J. Brown. I think it was in their playoff win against the Giants, yeah, I right, say. Yeah. It, it was in a game where they were winning. He wasn't getting the ball, and he was frustrated. He only had four catches for 29 yards in that Week 2 game against the Vikings. Uh, is this going to be an ongoing storyline? What do you think? 10 being, uh, yes, A.J. Brown's going to be doing sit-ups in his driveway, like uh, Terrell Owens did a back classic. in the day. Uh, one being, no, come on. Wide receivers are going to wide receiver. They're going to do that tweet yeah. that you know go, goes viral, and it's all good. Where are yeah, you? Yeah, this is a two or a three for me on that scale. 
There's there's two okay. truths always to remember with angry wide receiver on sideline. The first is the availability heuristic. We only know and care about it because the camera caught it. I promise you there are multiple times during an NFL Sunday when 32 teams are playing that someone at the sideline is yelling at somebody else on the sideline and the camera doesn't catch it. So nobody in the media asks questions about it. No fans do. And it you know dies as it dies. It gets handled as it gets handled. So firstly, the cameras just happen to catch this one. Secondly, you want your star receiver to want the ball, right? You like, uh, and, and if there's a game in which AJ Brown has at the time, I think he had what, like three catches for 18 yards or something. Uh, oh yeah. They kept going to him after he yeah. uh, did that but on the sideline. If, like, if, three if, targets. If he's, if AJ Brown's three quarters into a game and only has three catches, I want him on the sideline being like, I'm, I want to contribute help. I want to produce, help me help you. And like, obviously there's ways that that, good intention gets poorly communicated and that can cause a problem. But in general, you want your star receivers to want to have the ball. AJ Brown's in Philadelphia because he's very tight with Jalen. Like, it's not like these guys have any, a fractured relationship or they were a, 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 a you know, a uh, tight unseen marriage. Like they didn't know one another. They're Mississippi guys or the, the SEC background and they want to play together. And so I think they're going to be fine. I think that this is not going to be considered an issue, especially because like feeding AJ Brown targets might also just be the solution to the Eagles passing game problems anyways. You might be able to two burn one stone this whole thing. My only I, I I'm like 85 to 90 percent mm-hmm. with you on that. I don't love it when you're up by like two touchdowns. Like it, it like it's not an issue right now. Like you're up by two touchdowns. You're running the ball well. They ran for 259 yards in that game. They had something that worked. And this was the same thing. I mean, they were blowing out the Giants in that playoff game and he was having an issue. Like when the team's losing or it's a tight game and the offense isn't playing well, I'm all for it. I'm absolutely wide receiver. Go ahead. This stuff happens on the sidelines. Uh, I don't love it when like it's like settle down. Like every like that looked like that's what Jalen Hurts was saying. Like, dude. We're running the ball all the, the way down the field. Your time will come. It's only week two. So um, you had it at a two or three. I'm still on that side of it. Yeah. I'll go four, maybe a little bit higher, but I, I don't think it's going to be a big issue. Because like you said, I mean, and we and they, by the way, they do react to these things. I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. he does that on the sideline. The camera catches it. And like three of the next six plays, they're targeting I mean, AJ they, Brown. They walked so out. They should. They walked out on the first drive with just like designed Dallas Goddard target, designed Dallas Goddard target. Like, yeah, they are very, the Eagles coaching staff is not afraid of being like, we got to get this guy the ball more. Let's do that immediately. <laughs> and listen, you don't like it when you're up by two scores. I love it when you're up by two scores. Just hey, like, we have nothing better to do. We're winning. Can we just help pad the stats a little bit? Mm. And then, Obviously, Listen. that's not really the case, but yeah, I hear you. I can confidently say that if I were an NFL player, no one would pad the stats like me. Like that third string yeah. left tackles in there. I don't care what the call is. My butt's going over there. I'm li- that's where I'm lining up. I'm going up against them. I don't care. Don't don't be pa- linebacker. Don't pat me on the butt and tell me to move over. I'm not going anywhere. I'm getting my sack. So if you're in uh, this so that- world, you play defensive end. <laughs> that's the ideal shield. That's where your mind went right away. Is I'm, I'm playing pass uh, rusher. Well. Yeah, because then, like, instead of getting hit, I can just, like, run away. You know, I don't want to be in an offensive oh, okay. position yeah, where yeah. someone can someone just hit trying me to tackle you, and it's for fine. Sure. Yeah, no, I don't need to be doing that. All right. Level of concern, Benjamin Solak, for the Eagles' defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. It's sort of been mixed results. They've gotten a lot of turnovers. At the same time, Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones, I believe, both go for over 300 yards uh, against this defense. So, 
Desai replaces Jonathan Gannon. We were excited. We thought Jonathan Gannon's defense was boring. Where are we uh, in terms of our level of concern or maybe approval for Sean Desai? 10 being bring Jonathan Gannon back. We miss him. Not uh, a 10. One, one being no way. We're, you know, you talk about the Vic Fangio tree. We're going to be talking about the Sean Desai tree uh, a few years from now. Where are you? Uh, uh, who? Like, I, I, like, I'm, I've concerned. I think you were confused by my scale. It was I've, kind of confusing. I mean, I don't think we're, we're, I'm not ready to crown the Sean Desai tree just yet. I'll put it to you that way. Um, but I, I have concerns with the defense. They're not Desai related, right? I think that, uh, there's limited resources available for Desai right now as the defensive coordinator because of the injuries the Eagles have accrued on that side of the ball. And I think he's doing a good job with what he's got. And there's some realities you're going to not be able to avoid. Like, do I love how much, you know, the second year corner, Josh Job, the backup for James Bradbury was on an island against the Vikings? No. Do I have a better alternative? Not really. Like you got it. Someone's when you have this many, uh, they have a, a a nickel corner injury, a safety injury, a middle linebacker injury, a corner injury. Somebody's got to kind of you know get get left out there and 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 hopefully you know punch above their weight and 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 step up to the plate a little bit. And so there's only so much you can do as, as a DC. And I think that uh, critically and importantly, uh, Desai understands where his bread is buttered. This this defense is built on on maximizing the pass rush. Right, they get their guys down and then go. There was a great stat after week one uh, that, that NFL.com uh, had about like the average time of get off for pass rushers across the league. And four of the top seven players were Eagles players. What that tells me is that uh, schematically decides saying, hey, you guys have one job. Go right. We're not playing two gaps. Jonathan Gannon would do this. We're not slow and react attack and reading blocks. Get up field. And that's the correct way, I think, to be running this defense. That's where the strength of it is. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he's trying different things. They're injured, like you said. There's been some good, some bad. I like the aggressiveness. I like what's in his DNA. We knew there was going to be kind of a steep learning curve with different personnel uh, and those backups playing. So, yeah, I think I would probably put it at uh, three or four. I've been somewhat encouraged. All right, let's finish with this one quickly on a positive note. Your excitement level. Let's go there. With the Eagles defensive tackles from Georgia, your boys, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. 10 being, they've got like basically Aaron Donald and Indama Kinsu for the next however many years. One being, everyone settled down. It's been two games against some backups in there. Let's see them when, when the real games matter. Where are you? A hundred. I, <laughs> I knew you were going over all, 10. All I ever wanted <laughs> in a 2022 NFL draft was a Jordan Davis. All I ever wanted in a 2023 draft was a Jalen Carter. I got them both. My two large adult sons are playing better than I could have imagined. Makes me so happy. Yeah, they they've they've been as at better than advertised. I mean, Jalen Carter had so much hype in the summer. It was like, all right, it's training camp, it's the preseason. Is this going to really carry over into the regular season? Man, he yeah. has just had an unbelievable rep after unbelievable rep through the first two weeks of the season. The bigger surprise to me, Ben, is, is Jordan Davis. I mean, we've talked we talked about him a lot on the Ringers Philly special. You were more bullish on him uh, than I was based on last year's film, but I can tell. I mean, his his two games this season have been better than anything he put on film as a rookie. And I think we went into the season saying, hey, if he can just be a really good uh, run stuffer right now, the pass rush will eventually come. A defensive tackle. Sometimes it takes three years. Sometimes it takes four years. We see that with guys like Dexter Lawrence. So my expectation for this year wasn't even like Jordan Davis has to be on the field on third down rushing the passer. Well, guess what? 
Jordan Davis has been on the field rushing the passer uh, on third down and has had some very impressive reps. So not Mm -hmm. only is he getting it done against the run, their run defense has been fantastic so far through the first two weeks of the season, uh, but he's also performing as a pass rusher. So Eagles are going to need that defensive line to really carry them, and uh, it looks like they might have the pieces to do that. Yeah, the one thing on Davis, I can't believe I'm being cold. I'm the cold water on the wet blanket on Davis. Uh, One of the big questions for him is conditioning. Looks good in September. Let's look good in November, shall we? Right. And, and they're managing his snaps, but he's still he's not playing an insignificant number. He's playing 30 plus snaps a game. Uh, and so I love how he's looking in September. We might be talking later in the fall and saying, okay, the 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 homework for Davis in the offseason is you gotta be able to look that way for 17 games because the, the play started to tail off. So loving it in September, still something to monitor as we uh, as we get later into the season. I think that applies to us, too. You know, we try to eat right, exercise coming into the season. The bags under the eyes are already starting for me. November, listen, you're not going to be getting those workouts in as much. So I'm taking that as advice. I I, I was great. Week one, checked the scale this morning, down down a couple pounds through week one, exactly as we uh, we hoped. I'm loving it. Feeling good. I'm uh, I'm very pleased. There we go. There you go. I'll check back with you in November. All right. right. Thanks to everyone who's watching on FanDuel TV. Remember, you can listen to the Ringers Philly special on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.